too trying soon. Trying to bring me down. <laughs> trying to bring me down. The Let's go on. We go on <laughs> oh, good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I had a rough last Sunday afternoon with our Vikings. Oh my gosh, I'll get into that in a few minutes. I told Stan, I I was kind of getting depressed just thinking about the Vikings again. I was having a really hard time getting excited for the Super Bowl and he assures me I'll rally by next Sunday. It's just a game. Um, Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I have a great show planned for you. Jam-packed, I might add. Uh, we are going to talk about, should our governor get free tickets for the Super Bowl? I say, no, hell no. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, at the Capitol this week, sexual harassment, elder abuse, hate. Uh, the Met Council turns 50. So much was going on over at the Capitol. It really is amazing uh, when when you think about all the things that are happening. And they're not even in yet they don't even come into session until the towards the end of next month february 23rd i think it is caucus is just around the corner february 6th i'm hoping lots of people will will show up uh god knows we have to win some statewide elections but we also have to keep what we have some of what we have in uh in the lower ticket races too for the for the state house uh julie quist is going to join us today i'm really excited about this Julie Quist has a update for us from the Child Protection League, as well as um, an action alert, something that you can do to make a difference when you go to caucus on February 6th. We'll talk about caucus a little bit later on in the show, too. Uh, there's going to be a straw poll, so everybody's going to want to go and cast their ballot for whoever the governor, uh, which that governor's race changes every week, too. We had a big announcement this week. Shocking, really. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Um, but caucus is a big deal and I hope everybody's getting excited for that. And okay, it's not really all that much fun, uh, unless you're in my group. If you're in my group, we have a great time. I'm a caucus leader in New Brighton, so head on over there, New Brighton folks. Um, this week also on the show today, uh, DFL chairman Ken Martin said our brand is beep. Uh, you fill in the swear word. Uh, he said his, the Democrat brand is Toxic, And I have a long, long list of really bad ideas from the party of big government, from the party of bad ideas. Uh, some are, are examples of bills that are sitting in the hopper just waiting for the legislative session to start. Some are continuations of what we've seen from last year and some of the pushes. And and we talked about some of them last week with Senator Dave Osmick. He was out on the campaign trail when he was running for governor before he suspended his campaign. And we talked about some of the issues that the Democrats are pushing. And it really, really, truly, uh, Ken Martin is exactly right. His brand is is beep and it is it is toxic and i think there are so many people that just don't know what the what the democrat party stands for any longer uh we're also going to talk a little bit about trump his state of the union speech is coming up on tuesday he's been in office for a year now the government shutdown is over did anyone notice did anyone notice it lasted a whole whopping three days the big takeaway from that government shutdown is oh my god the republicans finally won a shutdown argument uh and clearly the Democrats sided with the illegal aliens. And I think that frustrated a lot of people. People, I think uh, Trump's 
uh, immigration stance, not all of them, some of them, uh, but to get tough and to reform immigration, I think that resonated with a lot of people. I think it still does. And I think the bill we saw that came out this week, the amnesty bill, I think it's DOA. I think it's no going nowhere. It's don't even, I, I thought about doing a whole huge segment on amnesty today, uh, and then I thought, no, it's it's DOA. It's going nowhere. So we will talk a little bit about amnesty. I'll tell you why I think it's DOA. I'll tell you some of the things that I think are going to come out of this. Uh, but don't panic, folks. Just, you know, we've seen too much uh, panic over the last year. There aren't dead people in the streets. There aren't going to be dead people in the streets. So just uh, calm down and relax. We'll, uh, I'm excited for the State of the Union, and usually I'm not. Okay, I'm excited for every president first state of the union and then after that it kind of turns into the blah 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 you've already got the democrats saying they're not going to come fine don't go send a vet in your in your place don't uh don't go i'm really excited for some of the rebuttals we're going to hear after it's over and i really want to ask the listeners too do you think trump's making america great again because if you look at some of the polls in spite of the 90% negative publicity that some justified, some not so justified, some so, some self-inflicted wounds by Donald Trump, uh, the bottom line is I think people are feeling really excited about the economy. I think they're feeling really excited about loving America. And they realize that as um, unpolitical or un... Um, has un he, Donald Trump is so unlike every other politician we've ever seen. That's an understatement. Uh, and he, he's just so different. And in spite of some of his oopses, uh, people really do feel that Donald Trump loves America. And I, and I know I do. Plus, I'm getting so excited. Our, our court case is going in front of the United States Supreme Court at the end of next month. I'm so excited. I can't hardly stand it. We've got, we've booked our airline tickets. We've got places to stay. We know where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there, uh, when our oral arguments is. And we've got receptions and all these different things that we get to go, get to go do. I'm, it is just going to be an absolute blast. I can't wait to come back and tell you about it. We'll have Wen Fa on with us. He's our attorney from Pacific Legal. We'll have him on again in the upcoming future because, oh my gosh, this has just been and uh, the most amazing trip already. And, and I want you to think about this. Think about every year the Supreme Court gets over 7,000 requests for cases that, that, that people want to have heard before the United States Supreme Court. Over 7,000 cases. They pick 80 about. They pick about 80. And ours was one of them. And what I find so, so, so shocking is the Minnesota media doesn't care. This is a huge case. This is supported by um, by the ACLU, the Goldwater Institute, Heritage, uh, Pacific Legal, of course, is our our attorneys and and our media here and and 70 cases out of over 7000 get picked 70 to 80 get picked of over 7000 cases. And the media doesn't think this is a big deal. They have my the media. In the metro area, they have my cell phone number. They have Andy Selick's cell phone number. They have Dan McGrath's cell phone number. They could easily pick up the phone and do huge stories on on this bipartisan issue. It's it's just astonishing the lack of the lack of coverage on that and the lack of uh, well, it's just ridiculous, R- absolutely ridiculous. Okay. 
So the Vikings broke my heart again. Stan, you keep rubbing it in. You keep telling me it's only a game. You keep telling me I'll get over it. You keep telling me I should be getting used to it. I'm not. After 40 years of futility, I mean, it. I've gotten to the point where it just doesn't. I mean, it matters, but in the long haul, when you consider all the other important things in life, it's it, a game. It's, it's a game, and I don't get. It's too a game. How the heck anymore. does a team not show up for the NFC Championship? How the heck did they play a whole whopping three minutes of great football, and then we see thirty-seven unanswered points? Thirty-seven unanswered points. Do you know the Vikings have lost ten ten NFC Championship games? Ten. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is. It was so embarrassing. Tom Hauser, uh, he's on Channel Five. He was tweeting out, <laughs> according to Captain Obvious, the Vikings' defense never got off the plane in Philly. <laughs> A couple of offensive linemen are on board too. I volunteered to go get them. I'll be right back. Skull. This was uh, like halfway through yeah. the first quarter, maybe the second quarter. I I just laughed. I just laughed. So congratulations to Philly. And even though the Philly fans were as obnoxious and horrible and as awful as I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. The Mike Zimmer Foundation, which is uh, uh, an organization that that Mike and his family put together, uh, created in honor of his wife, Vicki, who died in 2009. It's um, dedicated to serving the youth of Minnesota. Eagles fans, Vikings fans, fans of all over the country are really just, there's just a flood of donations coming in, so at least that's, at least that's good. Stan and I were trying to figure out how, how how come everybody hates Tom Brady? How come everybody hates the Patriots? And I honestly, I really don't know. I I only know Aaron House. Is the- I, I think a lot of it is you know when people are that good, people don't like to see other people succeed all the time, and I think that's a big part of it. Well, apparently, a lot of people want to see him win his sixth. Super Bowl ring. I, I just as a as a supporter of a team who's lost four Super Bowls, it's just astonishing to me that Tom Brady is looking at winning uh, ring number six. The ticket prices keep dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. Uh, Patriots tickets were um, the tickets to the Patriots Eagles game were like five thousand dollars. I mean, they were just uh, just. Uh, unbelievably expensive now they've dropped down to about a thousand dollars and they think on monday they're going to drop down again like dayton bought too early again <laughs> well typical dayton huh uh bill crystal the editor of the weekly standard tweeted out patriots versus the eagles what could be better than uh whoops well, well he's tweeting out about the game and he says too bad the game itself is being played in the middle of nowhere but at least two civilized cities are being represented yeah you know where you can stick it bill crystal uh and i'm mad at the nfl too i'm mad because they just have to be some kind some special special kind of stupid they rejected a vets organization's um commercial that was asking people to stand for the national anthem so the nfl lets people wear socks uh lets the players wear socks portraying cops as pigs or or some of the other stupid stuff that they do uh but apparently um the money from the vets organization isn't good enough and they rejected the ad uh telling them to stand for the city i'm very worried too about what how minneapolis is going to handle this uh there's tons of stuff going on downtown tons and tons of 
super cool stuff. I really wanted to zip line across the across the Mississippi. Uh, one of the privacy guys that I that I pay a lot of attention to on on social media said um, if he had he had filed a freedom of information request wanting to know what kind of surveillance technology was going to be used at the Super Bowl. He sent his request in August of 2015, and he still hasn't gotten an answer yet. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to know if you think uh, Governor Dayton should have got free tickets. He paid $6,000 for his tickets for him and his sons to go to the game. And I'll tell you what I what, where, what I think about it, too. 651-989-5855 should uh, should Mark Dayton have have as governor of the state of Minnesota, who's hosting the Super Bowl, should he have to pay for his own tickets to the Super Bowl? 651-989-5855. This is Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, we were talking about the Vikings. They broke my heart again. Uh, it was the longest game I ever had to watch. Stan said, is it worse to watch your team get just embarrassed out on the field, or is it worse to lose in the last 10 seconds of the game? And I said it was worse to be embarrassed for three hours because it was just so painful. And, you you know, even after they scored the, well, the Vikes came out looking great and put the first seven points up on the board, and then 37 unanswered points. How do you do that? How do you do that? I, I I don't know. And I am pretty excited for the Super Bowl to be here in Minnesota. I am uh, a little worried how Minneapolis is going to handle it. The police presence downtown is just astonishing. And it's more than just all the different police and sheriff's departments and everyone else. The National Guard is there, too. And I just told you about um, a guy who said he had filed a freedom of information request in August of 2015 wanting to know what kind of surveillance technology is going to be used uh, and he still hasn't gotten an answer and we know Hennepin County has Kingfisher so uh, and the license plate readers and everything so uh, and and again I don't want anything to happen down there either so I want everyone to be safe and I want everyone to have fun it just looks super cool Ziggy Wolf who didn't invite Mark Dayton to join him for the Super Bowl did invite uh, and this is a dinner only event for the NFL owners and guess who's performing Stan Sting Sting yeah. must be rough huh? I know right hey, who should we invite yeah. Let, let's get a band you know get some friends together yeah, listen to some music <laughs> what do you think of Sting <laughs> you think he'd come uh, but I'll tell you, I think there are a lot of restaurants in downtown Minneapolis. They're hanging on for the Super Bowl windfall. And you know what? Uh, and come February or the end of February, you're going to see a whole bunch of them say, we're tired of this city. Uh, and you know what? I'm glad Ziggy Wolf didn't uh, didn't invite Mark Dayton because you know what, Mark Dayton, I'm glad you paid for your own tickets and I'm glad your sons are spending time with you. I personally don't think you spend enough time with your family. And I have always wondered, does Mark Dayton have any friends? Because he doesn't seem to ever hang out with anyone but his dogs or or political. I mean, his 
super cool dogs. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to hang out with his dogs too, but, um, or, or with political people, you know, he seems kind of like a, a lonely guy ever since he told us that one Christmas that he spent Christmas alone. I've often yeah, wondered. But some people like being alone. Yeah. I don't some think people don't like the hoopla yeah. of being around Mark Dayton everybody shouldn't else. be alone. He shouldn't. Yeah. He shouldn't be alone. So after, Stadium Gate or Mondale Gate or whatever they called it, where the DFL was using the tickets to get into the stadium and not just football, but all kinds of events and were really, really taking advantage of the of the taxpayers money. I'm 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 thank you, Governor Dayton, for picking up the tab for you and your sons. And I hope you have a fun time. I did give him credit. He said he didn't think it was um uh, he wasn't quite as excited because the Vikings weren't in it anymore, and who doesn't get that? Okay, so there were, uh, now I don't care who who wins the Super Bowl next week, and now I, I probably won't talk about football until next year, so that's cool. There's always next year, Sue. Always next year. Okay. Only six months away. I know. Nine months away, whatever it'll it is. be here before we know it, you know? I mean, August rolls around fast, and who knows what's going to happen. Pitchers and catchers um, report in a couple of months. Yeah, go Twins. And I still think maybe the Wild can bring home the Stanley Cup, you know? I I do. So, I'm not ready to give up on Minnesota sports yet. I I know you politic people you're frustrated that I like sports, but I do. All right, over at the Capitol this week, there was lots and lots and lots of stuff happening over at the Capitol, and I don't think people realize uh, the coverage that we get from our local media is just horrendous it's it's embarrassing and you wonder why voters are so uninformed and so ignorant uh i think part of it is because our media doesn't pay much attention to it uh and i think um well well i think there are a number of reasons but i think that is a big part of them this week this past week was the march for life that is a huge 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 deal and even in the middle of all that snow over a thousand people showed up at the capitol for the march for life and you barely saw a blip on the local tv michelle benson um tweeted out protect the babies pray for the mothers heal the wounded and i thought that is just such a perfect message for for what the march for life uh stands for and we also saw thank god cecile richards is stepping down uh from running planned parenthood and you might remember tina smith who was the vp for planned parenthood during part of this uh people are really excited that she's stepping down matt walsh who's one of my favorite bloggers uh i don't even know where he where he blogs for now because he's been with several different uh different uh, organizations that lean to the right, but I follow him and I on social media and read practically every single thing he writes. He wrote that Cecile Richards, she is a deeply evil woman who has done the devil's bidding with enthusiasm. She is drenched in the blood of millions. She's a sociopath and a tyrant. She is a perfect fit for planned parenthood. They will miss her dearly. And that sums that up pretty accurately, I'd say. Also this week, there was another rally over at the Capitol, and this is the resist crowd. So this is the people who are going after uh, Donald Trump. This is the people who are going after Jason Lewis and, and Eric Paulson, uh, the indivisible, indivisible crowd, the Bernie wing of the, of the Democrat party. They, and their, um, uh, representative, um, Quay made, Quaid has just 
made it her mission uh, to form the creation of a, a sexual harassment task force. And she was key in getting things all riled up in sexual harassment at the, over at the Capitol. And because of that, we saw Tony Cornish step down. We saw uh, Dan Schoen step down. And we saw a bright light being shined on on some really poor behavior by some of our elected officials. Uh, those two are gone. Both were cops, which I found interesting. Both were very pro-Second Amendment. Uh, I found it really interesting that those two were targeted for that. Uh, but you know what? They're gone. The leadership is supposedly putting some things in order uh, to have some... Um, uh, to have the legislature have a better uh, track record for what we've seen in the past for reporting sexual harassment. This sexual harassment task force that is being pushed by Aaron May Quaid is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. There are so many checks and balances and procedures in place. Do some need to be tweaked? Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, people shouldn't have to put up with a hostile workforce. On the other hand, what some of these people consider sexual harassment is just downright ridiculous. So uh, hopefully, because the rally that they had on Friday, Friday afternoon, I think it was, um, like 10 people showed up. Ten people showed up. So it doesn't have the, I think people are weary of it. People are, are, are tired of it. State officials, uh, can MMB came out this week and they had, um, they had their report. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to tell you about some of the other things that were happening at the Capitol, uh, having to do with the, MMB report that came out talking about uh, sexual harassment. In total, 266 complaints of sexual harassment across all Minnesota state agencies. So that's 23 executive branch agency, Mark Dayton's Minnesota, 266 complaints. And Minnesota government, that's us people, that's us taxpayers, paid out $709,000 for uh, for some of these sexual harassment. There are a lot of things that the state or that Mark Dayton at the administrative level is going to adjust or change or or um, address, uh, which, which is a good thing. But there were we also had. Um, a lot of other things that happened over at the Capitol. In particular, um, I want to tell you this story about Melissa Hortman. I don't know who she thinks she is. I think she thinks she's the hate police or something. And all she has to do is someone is a hater and hate is not welcome at the Capitol. And I give tremendous kudos to the people who stepped up and fought back against that. Um, I hope everybody listened to uh, Andrew and John, the Justice and Drew show in the morning. They did a tremendous job talking of, talking with um, a woman who was, uh, Ross Peterson invited her to be a speaker. And the woman was, and I know we're not supposed to listen to other people's shows, and I try not to, but I got in my car, and there she was talking away. And and it was, Miss, Ms. Raza was great. She's from Canada, and what a... An impressive message that she had. I'm just so uh, thrilled with the way people covered it, the way people fought back. I really want to go into a little more detail on that as well. I want to tell you about School Choice Week. I want to tell you about MnDOT wanting to stud, study toll roads. Uh, I want to talk about the drunk driving threshold. And I want to tell you about 
the Met Council turned 50. Oh, my God. That is an unhappy birthday, if I've ever seen it. But coming up next, we're going to talk to Julie Quist. Julie Quist is with the Child Protection League. Uh, she's going to, and, and we'll take your phone calls, too, so please be patient with that. Um, Julie Quist is going to... Um, talk, give us an update about from the Child Protection League. And uh, she has an action alert for something you can do when you go to the caucuses on February 6th. Stay tuned. I told you this show was jam-packed today. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Hey, did you hear uh, Andrew and John's um, advertisement for the Justice and Drew show in the morning? They said Randy's Electric, powered by Randy's Mm -hmm. Electric. I need an electric company. Awesome. I love it when we can when we can uh, promote our our fabulous advertisers. Maybe we'll get one here. You never know. I know. Although, what was the one I was hearing last week? Um the one about god.com. I and you know everybody goes oh, crazy yeah, yeah. with the kids cars god for said, kids. Man said. Yeah, that one. Um hey. Godsaidmanset.com. Hey, or cars for kids. That they're catchy. You don't forget those. All right. Another thing you don't forget is our friends over at the Child Protection League. Man, they have been doing such good work for us. I talked to well, I didn't talk to her. We emailed each other. Uh, my friend Julie Quist and I am so happy to have her on the show today. She's going to talk about uh what the Child Protection League does, what the Child Protection League is up to, and she's got an action alert for us for when you go to caucus on February 6th. Hi, Julie Quist. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. Thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm so happy you could come on. Can you give the listeners a quick refresher what the Child Protection League is and does? Sure. sure. Child Protection League is we're, we're, we're some um, people, moms and and who who are com- committed to protecting kids from indoctrination and manipulation and violence. And so we get into a lot of things that are just dangerous for kids that a lot of other people won't touch. Um, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with the precinct caucuses coming up on February 6th, we have a couple of, um, of uh, resolutions that we're recommending that people bring up and, and, and talk about and um, try to pass for the purpose of, educating others and also holding candidates accountable to these things. It's on our website, childprotectionleague.com, what those are. Um, so um, the, the, the key issues that, that have been uh, really popping up lately is um, indoctrinating Islam into the school system. And it's indoctrinating Islam, not just teaching about Islam. And that's just so taking off. It's just a really really big uh, opposition thing right now. Can you give us um, some examples, Julie? Some, what, what's that? Can you give us some examples? What are some of the sure, things that we're seeing sure. in the um, schools? You know, for example, um, the schools uh, are in- inculcating Islamism by not just teaching about Islam, but they're requiring students to learn the five pillars of Islam, including the Islamic oath of conversion. That's the first of the five pillars. They don't have parallel indoctrination about Christianity and Judaism or the Apostles' Creed or so such like that. <laughs> no, nope, and no, they what don't. <laughs> they're teaching is a really sanitized version of Islam uh, because the curriculum is being approved by a so uh, you know um, uh, Islamic organizations that are um, compliant with Sharia. 
And that would be particularly CARE, which is the Council on American Islamic Relations. And they, the, the um, Department of Education is using CARE as a consultant on what we should teach and what should be included in the curriculum and what should be kept out. And how so let can me that give you an be, example um, of that. The, um, how can the, that uh, be, Julie? How can they? That, that, how? Does, uh, that, that uh, puts out the. Let me see here. I'm looking for my resolution here. Okay, but um, I want to, I want to ask the, you the, one question, the, Julie. The teaching teaching of Islam is is uh, being promoted um, by the CARES Education Guide to Islamic Religious Practice, and a quote from their from their uh, their document says, "One common error in the textbooks is the definition of Allah as a particular Muslim God." rather than the same God of Christianity and Judaism. Qualified Muslim educators should participate in the textbook selection process, particularly for history, social studies, and geography, uh, geography texts. So they're saying they should be the ones to decide, and they are to, to a large degree determining what may and may not be taught. So here they're saying that it's, it's, a, um, it's bigoted and hateful to say that the God of Islam is different from the God of Christianity, and that is clearly false. That is clearly false, and yet that's what they are teaching our kids in the schools. And Julie, I still, I just want to know, how did CARE get such a foothold into the Department of Education or into Minnesota schools? How, how did that happen, and, and do you think we can stop it? Well, um, there, yeah, we definitely can, but the... the um, CARE is, is, is presents itself as a, uh, a Islamic or Muslim human rights uh, organization. And so they are presenting themselves as this is just equal rights um, and a religious rights issue, which it's not because it's inculcating, number one. And number two, the thing that they uh, – okay, so how did they get in there is your question. They are extraordinarily powerful influence in all the social – they have infiltrated themselves into every – um, organization, uh, lawmaking organization, schools, um, social organizations, community organizations, and they are considered very um, credible, even though that organization was actually founded and still um, is connected to the Muslim Brotherhood, which is related to the terrorist organization Hamas. So they're they're considered the American arm, and they're they're a, a, a you know it's all it all talks in nonviolent peaceful terms, but in fact what they are pushing, and this is the thing that's really important for people to understand, it's not a division between peaceful and non-peaceful, it's a division between those who are committed to Sharia, which is the Islamic judicial and government system versus those who are not. And so if you have a Muslim who will renounce uh, Sharia or the Islamic uh, government system, um, that would be helpful. The problem is, is that being a Muslim requires them, that's one of the requirements, is to accept uh, Allah and, um, and, the, uh, and, and Muhammad as the a final word on everything that we should do. So we have a government system through uh, Sharia that is uh, built on authoritarianism completely. It's, a, it's an authoritarian system from top to bottom. You do what you're told. You're told what you must believe. You may not uh, vary from that at all. And, you, and, and that is a complete contrary to our 
self-government system. And that's the thing that we have to understand is that people who are peaceful can still be infiltrating our established systems and our, our, our um, education system, our government system, with uh, a, an ideology, a governmental ideology that opposes the way we operate as a self-governing structure. So that's, that's the long and short of that. <laughs> and we can I, find... I, I, I'd really like an opportunity to, to, to tell you, if I can, also what their plans are for the caucuses. Well, we're going to take a quick break right now. When you come back, I want you to tell us what their plans, the short version of their plans for what they're going to do at caucus and give us the action alert that we can find at childprotectionleague.com. Hang on, Julie. We'll be right back, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and for staying with us. I'm Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. Julie Quist is with us. She's with the Child Protection League. She was just talking about what the schools are teaching uh, about Islam. And you have to ask yourself, are, are Muslim or Jewish children in, in the schools required to attend a church and kneel before the cross? No, no, they wouldn't. And some of the things that our children are being taught about the Muslim faith should be raising some questions as well. The, apparently the, the faith delegates are, are planning on a, a training session at the Minnesota mosques. Uh, Julie Quist, thanks for sticking with us. Why don't you tell us what they're, what they're planning for, for the upcoming caucuses? Well, you know the the, um, the email that went out to to the uh, the Muslim community asking them rec- recruiting them really to come to the precinct caucuses, and this is the way they talked about it. You can see that they see themselves as an entirely separate culture who wants to change our government and culture to what they believe, and we know what they believe because we know what uh, what uh, what Islam teaches. We have, this is what it says in the email, we have a need to embrace our Muslim identity. We shall proclaim our faith in Allah and our hope in a different kind of society and politics. We can lead this change if we join hands together for the politics of our state. Um, we're committed to, um, to, to through 2018 that our elected leaders are accountable to our agenda and these faith delegates should come to the caucuses and be, and be trained to come to the caucuses. And they want leaders who are committed to putting economic justice at the heart of our politics by committing to bringing our values and issues into the public discussion through caucuses all the way to the party conventions. And so, um, what they, so we, you know, we actually, of course, had somebody, you know, attend one of these training sessions. And, um, and in this training session, a Muslim, this is one of them, um, a Muslim from Bangladesh tells a room full of Muslims that the political system is very easy to penetrate. You show up and you win because Americans don't show up. True. And he says, um, he tells each person to bring 10 individuals with them to caucus night. 
and to become delegates and don't campaign, just recruit people, bring your friends so that they can vote for you and you can become delegates. Then you go to the next convention and they call themselves faith delegate squads. And he tells them that they can control endorsements for candidates by showing up and they control the laws that are passed. And he encourages them to infiltrate them, the Republicans, the Democrats, all of them, as well as the Green and Independents, get in them. And then, he says, <laughs> the easiest is the Republicans, because they don't show up. And he says, uh, just don't worry about resolutions or straw polls. Just get to be delegates. That's where the power is. And the issues that they are highlighting are loosening the immigration laws, opposing Islamophobia, which is code for suppressing free speech, and religious justice, which is code for imposing their Islamic precepts and opposing those who oppose Islam and their uh, their freedom to speak. So that is, um, you know, that is what they're they're planning to just bring people to come, and they know uh, they want their delegates elected. And you know, we all do the same thing. We want our our points of view represented, so we bring our people. We like to be the ones to, um, you know, to endorse candidates. We want them to be um, accountable to the things that we care about, like, for example, the resolutions that we're recommending. Uh, th- there's a difference, though, and the difference is that the distinction between uh, Islam and what uh, Americans believe as the foundational principles of our government are incompatible. Uh, and some examples of that would be um, Sharia versus the Constitution. Islam is 100% authoritarian. I mentioned that. They must obey. Um, they must never question. And the First Amendment, freedom of speech. <clears throat> Islam believes that any speech that defames Islam, Islam or Muhammad is blasphemy. And in their, um, in their way of, of, of law, it is punishable by death. That is contrary, completely contrary to our First Amendment freedom of speech. Um, another is that we're bound by the Constitution, which is subject to the people. We're a government of the people. And, um, they're, in they, in their, uh, worldview, the source of all legal rulings is Sharia law and Allah. Only one law can be followed. So, they're, um, you know, very peacefully, many people very peacefully mm-hmm. are, are imposing a new understanding, which is theirs, that they want to impose on all people. You may not, you, you notice that there's already, um, to some degree, in, implemented that we're not allowed to say uh, these things about Islam or Muhammad. And if we do that, we are attacked for being bigoted and hateful. And um, that is a way of enforcing Sharia itself, is that you may not say these things. The schools may not teach them. The schools do not teach the real truth about Muhammad. Oh, that's they for sure. They do not teach what happens in Muslim countries to women. Well, they do and not Julie... teach that women, um, you know, ha- need to cover themselves and that right. they, and that they right. the genital female mutilation and um, all of the things that we find abhorrent in our culture are not taught in um, the schools. And Julie, because it is a, it is a negative thing yeah. that would that would reflect poorly on them in our eyes. And it's and really frustrating, a, a regular, though. It's um, it's uh, 
really, really, really frustrating to a lot of people uh, because the media doesn't cover the things. We just had an incident um, in in November out at the Mall of America, and the guy said, look out, America. I posted it up on my Facebook page, and it's like the media doesn't want to say anything bad about Islam. And it's true. Most, most uh uh, Muslims that I know are reasonable and and um, l- love being Americans, but then you have a different segment of them that that go for something totally different. It's just crazy, Julie. All of it, right? And you know, um, it is it is also interesting that the news media won't report things that uh, re- that reflect negatively on Muslims, and and in that sense. The um, established news media is already controlled by the Sharia, um, uh, you know, a way of thinking. For example, just within the last couple of months, we've had a couple of terrorist attacks in Minnesota, and we don't know that. Um, you know, I think it was just last week or was it the week before that this woman at St. Kate's right. came and started fires all over. And right. she made it very clear that the reason she was doing this is that she wanted to harm people uh, because she, because they were against Islam, and so she she was trying to start fires in a place that was connected to a childcare center and other places. There were about ten places in the in the college that she that she tried to to. It was a terrorist attack, and she admitted it. And yet we didn't hear about that. that didn't hear the, boo uh, the knifing at the. Um, at the mall that happened um, some weeks ago, there was an individual who, who harmed a couple of people. He took a knife and was going after them. In court, he says directly that he was trying to harm them because of his, of his Muslim beliefs. So, I mean, even though most of the Muslims aren't quote-unquote um, violent, um, the number of, of eruptions this way is growing, and what we're finding is that there's no reporting of it, and there's also no real investigation of it. The police don't go to find out, okay, what right. mosque are these people attending? You know, why, where, where, what is it that these are young people, by the way? True. So what, Very, what is yeah. going on in these mosques that, that they are coming out with these ideas? Nobody's looking into that. Nobody's asking those questions, and nobody's reporting. So this is how seriously this is being advanced, and all of us are just being kept in the dark. And you know what's interesting, Julie, is I'm really sorry we, we're running out of time here, so we're not going to get to your action alert. So people are going to have to go to the childprotectionleague.com Minnesota, and, the, and I'll put them up on my Facebook page too. But there are a couple resolutions. This is for you to take action uh, coming up on February 6th at the caucus. So, Julie, thank you so much for giving us the update. Uh, really, really appreciate all the hard work you guys do and and for paying such close attention too because i know a lot of people have to work hard to find the information when our media lets us down thank you julie you You do such good work thank (laughs) you you. take care now uh okay how much time do we have we're not going to get to jane's phone call until well how much time do we have stan yeah, okay. Jane will take your phone call first thing when we come back. Um, I really want you to go to childprotectionleague.com and I want you to look at these resolutions that they're, that, that they're suggesting. Caucus is really important and we saw what happened, um, when, when, uh, the Democrats took out Phyllis Kahn. Think about that. Gene Waginius now, this ought to make my friend Rob really happy. Uh, 
She's a Democrat. And guess what? The people in her district, they decided that we can do a better job than Jean can. So Jean, who's been in the in, in the legislature for a bazillion years, now has four DFL challengers. And Julie Quist is right. It's easy to infiltrate the Republican Party because not very many people show up at caucus. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about it when we when we come back. Plus, I still have updates for what happened over at the Capitol. It was na- it is National School Choice Week. I have lots to say about the schools too, which is appropriate because Julie Quist was just telling us what's going on in some of the schools instead of teaching our kids to read and write like they should be. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, twin. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.